0: You may be seated. You're going to sit without me telling you, huh? I like that. Anyway, was that a great way to start? Way to go, band. Way to go, singing. I mean, that was, um, you know, as we, as we walk into this uh, series for five weeks, vertical marriage, um, it's, it's, it's really what we're hoping God will do. Uh, in singles and in marriage and in blended families and divorce homes, there's all kinds of things. We're, we're, we're right dreaming Yes. Right? That God would be able to show up in powerful ways. I'll tell you what, um, it's weird being an author now. It's just weird that there's actually a book. It was really fun before the book was out because then you're like, nobody knows what's in it. And you can say, hey, it's great. And then it's out there. You're like, uh-oh. I tell
1: now you. Now they know what's it, in it. It's worse even with family members because oh, they're like, gee, you geez. guys are so messed up. <laughs> like, we've always known that. You guys just didn't know it.
0: Yeah. But, but what I was going to say, I wasn't going to say that. Here's oh, what I was okay. going to say. You'll notice if you've never heard David Ann speak before, she just interrupts anytime she wants. <laughs> and I interrupt her. It's going to be crazy. But um, the thing that's been so fulfilling is getting uh, Facebook messages or yes. Instagram messages or Twitter messages back that people are being helped. And that's the only reason we put it in print, is hopefully that people would be helped. And if you need help, I've never been on Facebook before. This is a new deal. I was told by the publisher, you have to do this as an author. And so you can just follow us or like us. What, what do you do on Facebook? Like? I don't even. I don't know. know what you do, but it's Dave Ann Wilson, not Dave and Ann, just Dave Ann Wilson. Please reach out and we'll try to help. We're praying for couples. It's really been really cool. And um, So here's what we're going to do. For five weeks, we're going to be walking through the content that's in the book. So if you've been here before, don't go, I've heard this before. Of course you have. It's in the book. We're not going to give you new material, because then you would be like, why are you doing songs that aren't on the album, right? So we're going to walk through some some things some of you have heard, but hopefully a lot of you have never heard any of this, and hopefully it's going to be helpful, right? I think
1: we have a dream at Orion for family reformation that... That God would do something to bring us close, no matter where you are, whether you're single, you're married, but something that we would become a family. And part of the, this, the, one of the things that bothers me in our culture is we really don't have any tools that people are saying, this is how to have a great marriage. This is why you, this is what you can do. So we want to help us to build a community to have great marriages. And
0: it isn't just for marriages, for singles as well. Here's the thing. Uh, We went to a marriage conference two weeks before our wedding day. We were told by the people that were sort of pouring into us, before you get married, you got to go to this family life uh, weekend to remember. We now speak for that conference, but we went as an engaged couple and uh, we spent uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in a ballroom in a hotel with about a thousand couples in Chicago. And that was it for our preparation for marriage. 16 hours of marriage content. And by the way, do you realize that put us way ahead of most people? That's the culture we live in. People spend $30,000, $50,000 on a day, a wedding, and less than $100 on preparation. So that's
1: why for singles, we're like, oh, you guys, get it now. We wish we would have had more.
0: Yeah, and we sat at that conference and literally didn't take a note. We got this manual. All these couples are writing everything down. I'm like, like why,
1: are they, why are they writing so furiously? How hard can it be? I mean, uh, we love each other. We love Jesus. Yeah, all
0: we did the whole time was write little love notes to each other on the manual. You should see it. There's still there little pictures of Dave with hair. 14 and more Ann. days. And we'll be married in 13 days. In 12 days, there's, there's a bed there. Like, we can make love in 12 days. So, I mean, we passed those back and forth. They're up there talking about all this stuff. And all these people writing down. And we honestly thought, we don't need it. Yeah, because we're great. We love each other. Look at us. We're perfect. Right. You know, you're going to fulfill
1: me. I'll fulfill you. Yeah.
0: And then every married couple's like, and then you got married, right? (laughs) And then we got married. Yeah. You're laughing because you're like, yeah, that's what you think until you get married. And then it was like, wow, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life marrying this woman. <laughs> it was and she's That's thinking the funny. same thing about me, right? I mean we uh, both
1: felt that I way. I think on our wedding day I really looked at Dave and I thought, there is nothing about you that I don't like. I love every single thing about yes, you. Yes, you did. And then we were we were married six months. We were driving <laughs> to Nebraska. You've heard this, but I just looked at him and I thought, there's nothing about him that I like. <laughs> I really and then I said like And I yelled, we were in a big fight. I said, marrying you was the biggest mistake of my life.
0: (laughs) And I responded really maturely. I'm like, you're right. What were we
1: thinking? Right? I thought I've married the wrong person. The right person is out there. I should go find the right person because this obviously isn't working. (laughs) I mean, it was six months later from the most glorious day of our lives, our wedding day, there we are
0: like struggling. We get to our first job. By the way, we're in full-time ministry. I'm the <laughs> chaplain for the Nebraska Cornhuskers at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. And we're starting our new marriage. And some of you've heard this story as well. It's in, it's in the first couple chapters of the book, but it's like, uh, we can't sleep. We're fighting every day. We Anybody brought, there? We you brought, can't put your hand up. But yeah.
1: We brought so much baggage in That's the thing. I wish we'd have gotten rid of some of our baggage. We didn't even know that's the joy of
0: marriage. You you unpack it together, but you don't know (laughs) what's in her bag and you don't even know what's in your bag. You know, we're like, oh, no problem. I came from two alcoholic parents and adultery and divorce. No big
1: deal. I was 19 and abused, but that's not going to affect us. Yeah.
0: We love each other. We love Jesus. All that'll just go away. Well, guess what? All that's there. And so I get out of bed at at three in the morning because I'm not sleeping anyway. We're yelling at each other and I go downstairs and I'm like, I need God anything but her. So I go downstairs, (laughs) I open the Bible. She's supposedly asleep. And I remember I opened a Philippians, the book of Philippians 120. I'll never forget this because Paul writes to live is Christ, to die is gain. So he's saying it's like, if I'm going to be alive, it's only Jesus. But if I die, it's even better because I'm with Jesus there. So today is gain.
1: So I wake up in the middle of the night and he's not there. So I go down and find him with his Bible on his lap on the couch. And I'm like, oh good. He needs that Bible. (laughs) Hopefully God is saying something good to him. He goes, I said, what's going on? And he goes, I'm just reading Paul's words that to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I just told God, I would rather be dead than to be married to you right now. (laughs) I'm like, and I'm telling you, we said these things. We haven't said those things to each other since then, but we destroyed (laughs) each other. We were
0: told by a a counselor before we got married, share every little thought you ever have in your marriage. So I did. (laughs) By the way, bad counseling. Yes, do not very do that. Bad. There are some things you just never say out yes. loud. I should have never said that out loud, but I honestly prayed that I'd rather be in heaven with you than married to her. It was just unbelievable. And by the way, you can tell by my prayer who I think the problem is. It's not me. It's her. <laughs> and I'd rather be with you. I mean, and,
1: and let me say this. On our honeymoon night, we, before we got in our honeymoon bed. We're we, not
0: going to talk about our honeymoon night. Come on. No,
1: I'm not talking about that part. <laughs> <laughs> we got on our knees. That's week
0: four, by the way. <laughs> no. Not that, but uh, we're talking about God's design for sex, week four.
1: Oh my gosh. I forget what it's saying. Good. I don't want to talk no, about it anyway. So, I am. I know what I was going to say.
0: So we don't have time for this. On Go. our
1: knees, we got on our knees and we prayed, God, don't just give us a good marriage. Give us a great marriage that will affect the whole world. And so when you go through a valley like what we did six months in, what do you think? God didn't hear my prayer. He doesn't answer it. He's not there. And you just become desperate. And what
0: we've discovered, and it's so true as we get feedback from the book, is that so many people can relate to the book because it's all the, the pain we've been through.
1: It's the hills and the valleys. It's
0: mostly valleys. The yeah. first person to read the book, we said this Wednesday night at the launch, one of our one of our best friends, Michelle, read the book before it was in print, and she came back. We're like, you're the first person to read it. What do you think? And she literally looks at us and goes, well, our marriage is a lot better than yours. <laughs> She's like, this is the most honest thing I've ever read. Because uh, it's, it's that. And here's what we believe. God wants to use our pain. Because he meets us right there. Yeah. And if you're struggling right now, God can meet you right here if you let him. Vertical means you open up to God vertically and say, help, can you help me? And I'm telling you, I honestly would rather have been dead than married to her. And we laugh about that now. Why do we laugh? Because we're still married. Mm -hmm. If we'd be divorced, nobody's laughing. But I tell you, in that moment, I meant it. That's how desperate and how bad it was. And you would think, and I know people do this. Oh, you guys have the greatest marriage you've never struggled. Have you read the book? (laughs) Have you listened to us? No, this is real.
1: And it's normal.
0: It's people, totally maybe normal. Maybe not to
1: that extent, but it's normal to go up and down.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, we get, in, get through that first year and spend two years at Nebraska, then three years in seminary, and then we come here and we meet Steve Andrews, who was here last service, and we start dreaming about this place. We didn't know what it would be called or how, what it would look like or there would be campuses or anything, but we knew that God wanted us to start a church to reach people who have gone through similar things. And so uh, we're starting Kensington, and we're in our 10th year of marriage. By the way, we just had people... You know, walk up to us at the, at the book sign. We're out there. We'll sign a book for you if you want on the way out. That's what I guess authors do. But anyway, it's fun to do that because we get to pray with people and hear their stories. And, and this couple came up with two little kids crawling all over them. And we just looked at them and said, this is the hardest stage of marriage. They're like, I know. <laughs> like, we've been there. It, yes. You'll get through it. But hang on. But it, that's where we were when we started Kensington. That's the stage we were in. And we're going to show you a video that you've seen before, many of you, and I hope some of you've never seen it, but it's a video that Family Life, who we speak for today, we did their Detroit conference. We're doing Chicago and Orlando this spring for them. They're a great marriage conference around the country. Uh, They heard us tell this story so many times. They said, can we send a video crew to your studio at Troy campus and video you guys telling that story? We're like, what for? And we're putting this little thing together called the Art of Marriage, and we're going to create a six-hour, six-session session. We want you to be a part of it. We're like, yeah, no problem. We don't even shower.
1: No. You'll like, see. We were on the way. I'm like, what are we doing again? Like, like, I don't know. Nobody's
0: going to see this thing. We're just shooting a little video. A million people have seen this video <laughs> since then because so many people wanted help, and this is something they did. So now, as you watch it, I know maybe you've seen it. Watch it this way. See if you can see the symptoms. As you listen to us talk here, you'll see symptoms and signs of what was about to happen that I couldn't see, but we'll tell you the rest of the story after you watch this, so watch this.
1: Marrying Dave Wilson was the most exciting thing I could even imagine. I just had these pictures in my head of what Dave was going to be like. He's the hottest, most godly, he's going to lead me spiritually. It was the most anticipated thing of my life, to marry him.
0: I was married 10 years, and then we started embarking on the dream of our life, which was starting this church.
1: And we just had this vision of wanting God to do something great in terms of reaching people.
0: couldn't believe that God would use us to reach thousands for Christ, and it was an absolute dream come true.
1: The dream started to become a reality, but it was becoming a very difficult reality.
0: I basically got two or three jobs going all at the same time, trying to be a dad, trying to be a husband, trying to live my dream of starting, help starting this
1: church. He was gone more and more and more.
0: I'm at the same time the Detroit
1: Lions chaplain, so I'm leading Bible studies. I'm on the road with the team. And I would say things like, Honey, you've got to be here. Like, the boys are growing up. I need you. The boys need you. I'm longing to spend time with you." And he's like, oh, I know. I
0: thought I was doing great as a husband, as a dad. I preach this stuff. I know you know what the Bible says about marriage. And I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm living it pretty good. And we've got a pretty good marriage. I would put my marriage up against anybody's.
1: He would walk out the door and I'd be like, wait, you're leaving again tonight? And he'd be like, yeah, don't you remember? I had this meeting and then I have to go here and I have to speak to these people. And I'd be like, whatever. Great, you know what? I'll put the boys to bed by myself again. That's great, huh? See ya.
0: I would have said to you on a scale of one to 10, my marriage is probably a 10. If not a 10, it's a 9.8. And I guarantee you my wife would agree.
1: And I would have probably said, we're a one, maybe like a 0.5. Um, and I think he was totally clueless to that, which then that made me even more angry because I'm thinking, how do you not know how bad we're doing?
0: May 24th, 1990 was our 10-year anniversary, and I sort of surprised Ann with a 10-year anniversary date. We dressed up, went to a really nice restaurant, and I sort of set it up with the waiter while we were having dinner when I would cue him, just sort of give him a look, he was supposed to bring a rose over. And so I cued him early in the dinner, and he brought over a rose and laid it on the table, and we talked about year one.
1: He was like a little boy that night, like waiting for the next thing to happen
0: and I looked over later and he brought another rose. So anyway, every rose was a year and we would talk about that year. He
1: was so sweet. He even planned what he was going to say when each rose arrived.
0: On the way home, I thought it'd be pretty cool to uh, park in the parking lot where we were about to start our church and Anne hadn't even seen this, so I thought it'd be pretty cool to park there, maybe pray about what God could possibly do. And to be totally honest with you, I thought we should just park.
1: I know Dave Wilson. I knew that there was like this ulterior motive where it's like, yeah, we're going to park here. And you know, he's all about the parking part. And so um, I kind of knew that was coming.
0: So I leaned over to kiss Anne and uh, as I, you know, lean over to kiss her in the passenger seat, she sort of pulls away.
1: Uh, I just was like, I can't even, honey, I, I, in my head, I was thinking I cannot even go there.
0: So I pull back and I look at her and I say, is something wrong? She looks at me, I'll never forget this, and she goes, "Way, well, yeah, out, there is something wrong. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she says, well, to be honest with you, I've lost my feelings for you.
1: That was not a good night. <sighs>
0: actually, actually, it ended up much different than I thought. Because <laughs> you know where I thought we were going to end up, in the back seat. Anyway, anyway. Uh, th- but, and, and, and I had reasons for that. I, I really did think, I should do a show of hands. Show of hands, if your husband's clueless to how bad your marriage is, he thinks it's great. Don't put your hand up, because <laughs> he might be sitting right there. But, I mean, I was that out of touch. And, and you watched it, right? And you could see all the symptoms, can't you? That I couldn't see. And yet, there we are sitting in that car, and the interesting thing was, here's where that story ends, And I I know many of you have heard this, but this is why we wrote the book, because of this one moment. The worst moment in our marriage is the foundation of a book about it,
1: Hmm.
0: is as Anne's now telling me why she's lost her feelings for me. Well,
1: and I did tell him. Like, I started out so angry that you were gone all the time, and then my anger turned to, to resentment, my resentment turned to bitterness, and I have nothing left. I said, I really have no hope, and I don't even care at this point that you're gone. And I
0: did at that moment. What I normally would do when we would fight, I would defend myself and prove her wrong. Not a good thing to do. Next week's all about how to resolve conflict. Every couple has it. Few of us know how to do it. So I literally start reaching in the back seat where my day planner was. We used to keep it on paper. And I was going to grab it and pull it forward and open it up and say, I have been home. I was home Tuesday. I was home. That's going to go real well, right? That's what I did and when we fought. Every
1: time, that's what would happen.
0: So I, I actually did this. I'm reaching for the back seat. She's talking. I'm listening. And I hear the voice of God. Now, when I say I hear the voice of God, some of you are like, dude, seriously, you heard an audible voice? No, I did not hear an audible voice. The dome light did not flicker. Okay? It was no weird <laughs> thing, but it was very clear if the Holy Spirit of God lives inside a believer, where? Here. Here. He lives in our soul. That's the temple of God is now our body. So the Holy Spirit God lives here. Can he speak? Of course he can. Did he speak? Yeah, just a nudging. Actually, more like a shove. (laughs) Because the words I heard, I heard two words, shut up. I'm not kidding. Can God say shut up? Yeah, he could have been nice and said, be quiet, (laughs) listen. But in my case, I needed to hear shut up. So it was like, shut up, don't say a word, listen. So I went like this. Yeah, and you listened. Yeah, she didn't even know what I was reaching for. All I know is she started to share her heart, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I had missed all of this. And then I heard God say one more word, repent. I heard it three times, repent. She's talking, repent, repent. And it's so beautiful how God is. Because Here's the thing about the word repent. I had preached that at Kensington. It's a a word that preachers use, right? I know the Greek of it. Metanoia means to change your heart, change your direction. You're going this way, and repent means I can't find life this way. I have to find life in Jesus. That's what repent means, but I knew, and this is how beautiful God is. In one word, I knew what God was saying to me. In one word, all of this was in one word. You're trying to find your life here. You're lukewarm. You haven't met I hadn't met with God with his word in months. The last time I'd opened God's word was to get a sermon to preach to you so you go, thank you, or to lead a Bible study with the lions. I had not sat with God like I had done daily for decades of my life, or actually years of my life, like getting to know him and falling in love with him and listening to him and speaking to him and praying to him and, and worshiping him. I hadn't done that. I was just running, running, running to this
1: event, to that event. Trying to find your life through that. Yeah, I mean,
0: I was trying to find life through my career, and it was like I was ministering for God and leaving God in the dust. Hmm. And in one word, God was saying to me, if you want this horizontal marriage to work, this vertical relationship has to be first. All that in one word. And I knew that. And it's so interesting because Anne's talking and I'm listening, but I'm like, this can never be fixed until this is right. And so when she finished, I said, hey, we need to talk. And I really want to hear more what you're feeling but I need to do something, and I need to do it right here and right now. And she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? I go, you don't need to do this, but I do, and I'm going to do it right now. And I felt like I needed to be on my knees. And I don't always pray on my knees, but I wanted to be fully surrendered. And so to this day, I'm not sure how I did this in the front seat of a Honda Accord, but I you know, pushed the driver's seat back, and I turned around the steering wheels in my back, and I got on my knees, and I prayed out loud. I remember I prayed something like, God, I am lukewarm and I know what you think of lukewarm. I remember growing up in the church and seeing lukewarm people and thinking, I will never be that. And there I was, a preacher who's not living what he's preaching. And so I just said, God, I need you to be first. I repent. I'm putting you in control of my life again. And I'm asking you to make me the husband that she deserves and the dad that my boys long for. I can't do it. I need you. Will you give me your power to be the man I need to be? amen and so then I turn like okay now we got to talk and I turn and she's on her knees Mm -hmm.
1: it's so funny Proverbs says a gentle answer turns away wrath and when Dave didn't respond in anger like our pattern usually was and then he got down on his knees and he started praying out loud I was instantly convicted because I don't know if any of you have done this that you think if this thing in my life would be good I would be great and I thought if Dave would just get his act together our marriage would be amazing it's all his fault and so that's what my eyes, my eyes had always been on Jesus, but the, the, the more he was gone, I started putting all my focus on him, like thinking like, you need to get it together, you need to be here, you need to be a better dad, you need to be a better husband, and it's almost like I was, I was glancing at Jesus, I was, I was giving him a glimpse, but I was putting all of my attention on Dave, and it's almost as if Dave and my marriage had become my idol, thinking You can make me happy. You can bring me life. Fill me up. And God was saying, Ann, I never designed Dave to be the person that would meet all your needs. He can't do it because I never equipped him for that. That is my job. And so I got on my knees in the Honda Accord. And I said, God, I've taken my eyes off of you All I can see is Dave's faults. All I can see is Dave, and I need to get my eyes back on you. You are the one who brings me total joy and fulfillment, and I re-surrender my life to you.
0: And the amazing thing is that moment changed our marriage. It was a defining moment. And 28 years ago, again... Um, and it
1: was the beginning of yeah. change Because we had a lot to do My feelings didn't come back that night It took a while We had a lot of work to do And that's what the book is
0: Yeah, and it's interesting I, I know some of you are hearing a story And you're thinking this Well, my husband will never do that Yeah My wife will never do that Here's what you don't know You don't know what they'll do And you can't control what they do mm-hmm. But who can you control? You So do what Ann did. Take your eyes off your spouse and say, okay, I can't control them. I can pray for them, but I can't control me. Are you going to repent? Are you going to go vertical first and say, God, change me? Because all I wanted the first 10 years of my marriage was for God to change her because it was her problem, not mine.
1: I thought And it was she's your thinking problem. the same thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And then when we said, okay, I can't, God, change me, make me the husband you've created me to be. She's saying, now, it's beautiful and it's both, but if it's even just one of you, here's the amazing thing about vertical marriage, this is what the rest of the book tries to explain, is if you find life, the only place you can find it, which isn't from a spouse or from a job or an amount of money or a vacation, all those things are wonderful, you're never going to be satisfied totally by that. The only place you can find true satisfaction, and some of you know this, you've tasted this, is in a relationship with God through Christ. That's the only place. So if you go there to find what the only, only the creator can give you, and you actually find life in him, what happens? Now you come back to your marriage or your dating relationship, what? No longer am I a leech who's jumping on, give me, give me, give me, fill my needs. I'm full. Why? The living water of Christ has filled me up. I come back now, what? A giver. In fact, the, the Word of God says to us men, love your wife as Christ loved the church. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. How do you do that? Can't do it unless you're filled with that love and you turn the same things happen in both ways. That's the beauty of vertical marriage. But here's what happens. Because we're disappointed, and we've said this here before, and it's true, and it, it, it's not fun to hear this, but here's a true statement that you can write down. Singles, write it down. Marriage, write it down. At some point, every person will let you down. Isn't that good news? At some point, every person will let you down. Your spouse will, your kids will, your parents will, your pastor will, not this pastor, the pastor of the other campuses will, (laughs) but no, it will at some point. And then it's like what we think at that moment, especially if we're married or dating, I married the wrong person. There's another person out there that won't let me down. Just go watch the bachelor or bachelorette. Don't don't watch it. Please don't watch it. But if you do, that's all they're doing, trying to find the one. And so many times
1: a single person will think, My life will begin when I get married. And some of you married are thinking, my life would begin if I wasn't married. (laughs) And I'm telling you, life has already begun when Jesus resides in you because he gives us life. He gives us new life.
0: And we put as a subtitle of the book, Vertical Marriage, the One Secret that will change your marriage. And people are like, what is the secret? And it's, it's interesting, nobody tells us this. They're never going to make you happy. And you're like, I don't even want to hear that. You need to hear that. Because everybody marries the person that they think will make them happy. And then when they're not as happy as they thought they'd be, whether it's six months in or six years in or 50 years in, what do we think? We've heard this so many times. I married the wrong person. I got to go find the right one, right? I remember I said this Wednesday night. I did a sermon series back in the early days at Kensington where we're doing marriage series. And I said, Hey, next week, the title of my talk is Now That You've Married the Wrong Person. And all these people come up right after the service, man, can't wait for next week. I'm like, Why? Because I did. No, you didn't. No, no, no. That's not the point. But, But here's the secret. I wrote it down this way We think we married the wrong person, but we are actually looking in the wrong place. That's the secret if you're going to look here, you're going to be disappointed. Even if you married the most incredible guy in the world, like she did, you're still <laughs> going to be, I'm kidding, but you're going to be let down. You're looking in the wrong place. C.S. Lewis said it this way, and I, I'm paraphrasing, so I'll get it wrong, but, but, a, but a scholar, he said, if you find in yourself desires that are not satisfied by anything in this world, the most probable explanation is that you were made for another world. It's his way of saying that, that that lack of joy, that happiness that you long for that's not met on this planet is put there by God. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual need that can't be met physically or materially or horizontally. It can only be met vertically. So, so here's the question, and I loved it. When we went on the Today Show, I don't know if you saw that, but I was, I've never been so nervous in my life <laughs> walking toward that set knowing this is live, 4 million people are watching. Don't say something stupid, which I did. But anyway, you know, <laughs> we go on there, and I thought Craig Melvin did a great job. We never got to talk to them at all. Hi, my name's David. and Ann. Okay, lights, camera, action. We're like, okay, here we go. We don't know them. They don't know us. And Craig asked a great question. Remember what he said? He goes, so is it just you give your life to God and it's all easy after that? Remember he said something like that? What a great question, because that's like vertical marriage is just, okay, God, come in, everything will be perfect? No. Vertical marriage means, okay, if I go vertical and I surrender and put Jesus first, how does that change your marriage? So all we want to do is talk about what that would look like, okay? So here, here's something that I, I never got the chance to say on, on the Today Show, because you couldn't do it, but a, a verse that popped up to us when we are writing this, this book was Jeremiah 2, which you think, if you've ever read it, it has nothing to do with marriage. It's not about marriage, but it's so about where, how we try to find life somewhere else. Jeremiah is a prophet, and he's writing down the words of God. God spoke through him to the people of God. So think about this. He's speaking to church people, people that believe in God, and here's what he says. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. So when you read something like that, and you hear somebody you're like, wow, they must have done something really bad that God's saying you should be appalled. Like this should never have happened. And so here's what he says. My people, again, followers of God, my people have committed two sins. Sin number one, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water. Sin number two, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, what's he saying? Oh my gosh, this is vertical marriage. He's saying this. He's saying, you of all people should know better. People who are pagans and never tasted and, and, and seen how good God is, they don't, have any, they, don't, they don't know, but you have tasted. At some time in your life, you're like, oh my gosh, he's the most amazing thing. The relationship I have with God is amazing. He says, you of all people know this. He says, but you have turned your back on God who you know is good, and you've gone what? Looking somewhere else, and you've actually dug broken cisterns, and you'd find, find the spring of living water. I've tasted it, but it's not enough. There must be. So you dig, dig, dig. You build your own cistern. You put water in there. And what he's saying is those, those cisterns leak. They never will satisfy like the one you already know. And in a sense, when you apply this to marriage, you can say this to your spouse tonight. Please don't say this. But you could look at her and him and say, you're a broken cistern. <laughs> don't say that. Another word for broken cistern is toilet. So don't say that, okay? It wouldn't go well. But it's like, oh my gosh, that's what we do. We go to a job or to amount of money or some pleasure, or we do it all the time, relationships. We've made relationships our idol. She will bring me happiness. He will bring me happiness. And God said, no, 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 no. This is appalling. You should know better. They'll never were equipped to make you happy. Only I, the spring of living water, can do this. Uh, In the book of Proverbs, he says it this way, in everything you do, not just in your marriage or relationships, in everything you do, look at this, put God first. That's our verse. We put it on the t-shirts, on the vertical marriage t-shirts. Put God first, that's vertical first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. That doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. It does mean this. You put him first, he gives you the power to endure and walk through valleys in your relationships. I
1: love what I heard one pastor said. He said, your spouse should be able to know how much God loves them by the way you treat them. And isn't that hard? Because in your home, is who, that's who you really are. But he's saying, you should be, God should fill you up so much that you should be able to love them so much that they may not even believe in God, but they can think, man, the way you love me, I don't even deserve it. And yet you continue to love me unconditionally. How is that possible? It's only possible through the gospel because that's what Jesus has done to us. He's loved us unconditionally in spite of and despite of our sin and our brokenness. And it's
0: amazing that we think we can do that in our own strength horizontally. And God's really saying the whole time that you're only going to do it this way. And here's the thing. We actually have words to describe our pursuit. When you find the one, you call him, I found the one. And guess what? When the one isn't the one after you marry him, you're like, they weren't the one. There's another one. And here's what God's <laughs> saying. God's saying, no, they're the two. I'm the one. Capital O. There's no one but me. And when you get the order, the order really matters. The one is first, the two is second, then you can find vertical marriage. And so here's all we're gonna do in the last couple minutes. We're gonna get real practical. I think it's chapter three in the book. I think I can't remember, but you know, uh, we start to say, okay, so if you're going to go vertical, what does it look like? Is it prayer, prayer on the floorboard of a Honda Accord and it all works out? No, no, no. That's the beginning, but it's a daily pursuit. So we're going to talk about that as we take the offering. Just want to say this, if you're new here, you don't have to give, but those of us that call this place home, we give. Why do we give? Because he's our one. And we're so grateful for the life that we've tasted from the spring of living water, Jesus we give back. And if you'd like to give and join us, there it is. It's that easy. Most of our people give online now, and it's that simple. They'll leave that up there for you for a second. So if you were like, man, I want to join in and be a part of this, there's thousands of people sitting around you that give to this place as, as, a, as an offering, or of worship of gratitude, because we say he is the one. Everything else is number two. And so we're going to take the offering as we give you three simple um, action steps. And by the way, you can do these yourself. Get the book, and in the very back of the book, we have questions for you to do at home or do as a couple right out of the chapter. So you read first chapter, flip to the back, and go through these. But here's how it is it's, it's something you do daily, it's something we do weekly, and it's something we do annually. And again, it's just a, it's a rhythm or a practice or a discipline. If I want to get my body in shape, what do we do? We do something daily, weekly, annually. Like where it's like, I'm going to start eating different. I'm going to start working out. It's no different in our walk with God. If we're going to go vertical first, first thing we need to do, and I just say it this way, you know, in the book, we said, divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. How many have heard that before? I've said it many times. Yeah. So I won't say it that way. I'll say it this way. Here's what you do daily. Pray daily. What's that mean? Together. Each day, pray. I would actually add this, talk and pray. There yeah. should be some communication going on in your marriage or in your relationship, even with your kids, but especially with your spouse. But also, I would add this spiritual component. Maybe you've never done this in your entire life. Pray together out loud once a day. It could be five minutes. could be longer than that, but it could be that simple, right?
1: And I think what we end up doing is you might think, like, we've never prayed out loud. This is so scary. And maybe the only thing you do tonight is you put your hand on your spouse and you say one word. Help. Help. <laughs> And God God hears that prayer. He really does. And I think
0: God loves that prayer. It's like you've never prayed out loud and you're scared to death to do it. Just, just say, help. <laughs> and I'm telling you, here's what's going on in heaven. He's running to that prayer. Hmm. He loves that prayer. You think he's going, ah, that's, your, that's the best you can do there, dude? Seriously? That's what I thought God was like growing up. I thought he always shamed you. No, God is a loving pursuer of anyone who asks for help. He is gonna run and 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 help you. And on our
1: 10-year anniversary, we had stopped praying together. Because it's hard to pray with somebody you don't like. And so it keeps short accounts, you know. And I realized I would lay in bed. Dave's sound asleep. He's just sleeping away. I'm like, look at him. He doesn't even lead me spiritually. He's supposed to lead me spiritually. So then I didn't pray. I would say this. I now if Dave falls asleep, I don't care. If God prompts me to pray, I put my hand on him. Even if he's sleeping or awake, I'm like, Lord, thanks for Dave. Pray, we need you. Help us in our marriage, help our kids. So it's just that simple.
0: So it's talk and pray daily. Here's the second one. Date weekly. We went to a marriage conference as an engaged couple. I remember them saying, you need to date weekly in your marriage. We we're like <laughs> Why would you date? You're together all the time. Now we know. (laughs) You need to date because life gets so busy, you never sit down, look across the table, and say, How are you? How are we doing? So, I'm telling you, some of you are in that stage. We were with little kids. You're like, I don't want to leave my kids. You need to leave your kids. It's good for your kids. Our three sons are now married. We got grandkids. And guess what they do? They date. Wonder why? Because they saw their mom and dad model it. Not perfectly, but it was really important for
1: us. And the best thing you can do for your kids is to make this most more important than them. That's yeah. huge. And so even on our date, we had been dating on our 10 year anniversary, but we stopped talking. We just talked about surface things. And I give Dave a huge credit for this because on our date nights, you know what he started doing? Here's what he said. Hey, so what do you think our number is on a one to 10? And I was, hated
0: asking that question. Yeah,
1: because you were always thinking you would be lower than me and you'd yeah, be in trouble.
0: You were lower than me, always.
1: <laughs> but then, then he would ask this question. What do we need to do to get to the next higher number?
0: Because I knew, she knew what our number really was. And she knew how to get to the next higher number. I'm competitive, man. I'm like, we're <laughs> a four? We'll be a five by tomorrow night. What do I need to do? You know, it was just like, but it was like, that was but that's talking being on a date regularly. And by the way. You want a great way to start dating right now? For the next five weeks, there's a small group starting about this content called vertical marriage or actually vertical relationships for singles, vertical marriage for married couples, that's going to be meeting somewhere near you sometime this week. This could be the way you start dating. Go to a small group together. You'll get the spiritual vertical part and the horizontal. Then when that group ends, start continuing that thing. I'm not kidding. That is a great Wait How do they sign up for that? that? You sign up on the, online, go to the lobby right after the service and say, man, I want to get in a group. It's going to be this material. Right now, what we're doing with you is at every campus. So if you know people that live somewhere else, send them to a Kensington campus. They're going to get this message that we just gave. You got the live version. All right. And we're going to do this every other week here and then be at other campuses the next two weeks. But you'll have it on video. But, but that's what they'll do. And then they'll talk about it. And you have the questions in the book as well. And then the last one is this, retreat annually. And what's that mean? Once a year. Go away. Vacation is really important, but especially invest spiritually in your relationship. Go to a marriage retreat. Come with us in Chicago in April if you want, or Orlando in June, or anything else, or go to Man Up, guys, in the, in the fall. Women, smash is coming up. Man, go away, but go away as a couple once a year. You need a marriage tune-up. I'm not kidding. It's just something that you put in your calendar that says this relationship is the most important relationship in my life, second to my walk with God. That needs to be reflected right mm-hmm. on our calendar daily, weekly, annually. So that's some practical uh, steps to do that. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to end this with, I think, one of the best visuals of what vertical looks like. And it's Ann. She's the queen of visuals, if you don't know that. She always wants to teach something uh, you know, visually. And she said to me, we did it right here on the stage three years ago, and it was so well done. We're not going to do it live. We're going to show you, because I don't think we can do this better. But she was like, I need to use our tandem bike for an illustration. I'm like... You know, me, I'm like, what? I'm not taking our bike to Orion. (laughs) Obviously, I did. And here it is. This is as good a visual as I could ever think of to show you what it means to go vertical first. Watch this.
1: I want to do this last illustration. You know, you guys can probably tell I'm a visual learner. That's why I did that thing with the brick. Last week, we had the marble. Well, this week, I'm going to have another visual. Because for me, I feel like in our lives, we're all on this journey of life. And we think we know what will bring us happiness. No matter how old we are, we think, if I do these certain things, if I go to the right school and I have the same right friends and I am married the right person, oh my gosh. So this is my visual this week. Um, this tandem is going to be like our journey of life, right? So here we go for me.
0: I got to fix the handlebars. This has right. literally been hanging up in our garage for 15 yeah. years.
1: I bought this with my, I saved pennies and bought it when I was 12 years old. So we're on this journey of life.
0: I still don't know why we have this bike at all no, it's in our house. awesome.
1: Look at she it. She wants to go
0: get it all fixed up. I know I'm like, I no, please don't.
1: Uh, okay. So so if I'm not in life, right, I think I know what's going to bring me happiness. So because as long as I'm in control, I'm in the front seat. I know where to go. I know what to do. And I know the things that will make me happy, bring me joy, bring me fulfillment. So I'm on this journey like, okay, this is good. I'm, I'm going to date this guy. I'm going to go to this college. And I'm going there, and I'm realizing after a while, have you ever done this, you're you're after all your dreams, but when you get some of your dreams, it's exactly what we talked about. I'm thinking, that didn't do it. Oh, it just didn't bring me the joy and the fulfillment that I thought it would. And so I'm getting a little frustrated on my journey, but I think, okay, I'll try another route. I'll try to go to another path that will bring me joy. And about that time, my my sister came home from, she was living out of state, She was seven years older, and she came home, and she said, Ann, I'm telling you, I have found the most amazing secret to life, basically. And she said, I have this relationship with Jesus Christ. I've understood now why he came, why he died, that he wants a relationship with us. It's not that we get to heaven on doing the right things. It's being with him in relationship of surrendering your life to him. And as she started talking about that, I knew God. In terms of, you know what it was? He was Elohim to me. I believed. I, if you would ask asked me, am I a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. But I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship. So when she said that, I said, yes. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. So Jesus, come on. I want you on this. You're Jesus. Come on, Jesus.
0: You want me in? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> get on. Like, get on the back.
0: She picked the right guy to play Jesus.
1: Yeah. So so I'm on this journey, right? Like, okay, you ready? We're going. Like, you're going to get me to heaven, right? This is... uh,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: sure. okay. So we're going. I think, this is awesome. Jesus is with me, doing the things. <laughs> but then I start going the same places that I always went. You know, I'm still trying to be in control. I'm the one. And Jesus like, no, I got this. Like, I know where to go. So I go to the same path, and I'm so frustrated. And now... It's worse because Jesus is on the back and he sees where I'm going. So now I feel guilty. So as I'm going, I think, oh, this is terrible. And I feel this nudging of Jesus. And I feel like he's wanting to be here in control taking me on this journey and the more I discover who he is in the word the more I'm realizing he loves me he's designed me with a purpose and a plan and what would it look like if I allowed him to be in total and complete control and to lead me on this journey and so I was so scared I was so scared because I thought, where's he going what path is he gonna take? He might take me to Detroit. He might make me marry a pastor. <laughs> you know, who knows what he would do. He
0: would never do that. Honey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I date this prayer. I'm like, all right, Lord, I give you everything. I'm going to put you in total and complete control. I'm going to trust you. It was so scary. But I thought, all right. But it felt good. Like, okay, here we go. And like, yeah, I'm free. I can let him go wherever we want. We're going. But then after a while, it's all good for a while, right? But then it's like, wait. Why, why are we going down this road? Like, I do not like that road. I don't, I don't want to go down there. It's scary, it's Trust risky, me. Trust it's me. awkward. So then I'm starting, I'm starting to look over. I'm like, I'm being the backseat driver. I'm like, no, no, no. I never said that I would go there. No, nope, you know, I'm going to help you. Let me help you, Jesus. But I'm trying to get this hang. Like, Lord, what no, get- <laughs> no, like, don't do that. Like, no, here, I'm going to help you. And, you- <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done this? good at helping jesus like jesus no and i get so scared and i want to control it and he's saying and trust me just go where where let me take you where i know you will find joy and fulfillment and this is good right yeah
0: i didn't know you're gonna but here's what
1: happened my head <laughs> And I think what happens is when we're back here, it feels scary, and sometimes we don't want to do it. And I think sometimes God is saying, just cling to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's sometimes it's so hard that I can't even pedal. And it's almost like I just want to cling to Him, close my eyes, and trust Him for everything. Because this is the scariest position at all. And yet, it's the safest, most wonderful place we could ever be. Yeah.
0: she was right again we needed to bring that tandem that day yeah that image of her clinging to jesus is our image for you for vertical marriage vertical relationships vertical life You're never going to find it anywhere else, but holding on. And some of you need to just hold on. You're you're going through a valley, a dark place, you know, right where we were. Cling to Jesus. If your spouse will do it with you, awesome. If they won't, you cling to Him. It's the only way, the only place you're going to find life. And I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song. I actually uh, sang it Wednesday night, I taught it to our, our people at the launch night because it's, it's such a beautiful song of sort of reaching up to God and even maybe shouting out to him or singing out to him in the middle of your storm, in the middle of you feel like enemies are against you. God is there. And sometimes we need to sing it out or shout it out. And sometimes we don't even have the strength to do that. We just look up and say, God, help. That's going vertical. And I'd love to meet you. Ann and I will be out in the lobby. Just we, We'll sign your book if you want. I guess that's what authors are supposed to do. But we've enjoyed getting to, to hear your stories and meeting people and praying over them as we sign their books. So please meet us up there, out there right after this service. And people have been, last service, bringing up five or six books. It's so cool to say, I'm giving these to people. It's a tool that I can give to people to go vertical. I'm not saying that to sell books. I'm saying, if you can use it, use it for you and somebody else. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for couples For families, there's good marriages in here that are going to be great. There's people struggling in relationships and in marriage. And Lord God, you meet us right in the valley. And sometimes in that valley, when we feel like everything is again, we feel like our spouse is actually our enemy when it's not true. And even in that moment, sometimes, God, we just need to raise a hallelujah. We need to say, okay, God, I'm going to praise you even when it's hard. And as I'm praising you, I'm asking you, God, please meet me right here. Please raise a dead marriage to life because I can't, and I've tried, but I'm believing you can. So God, I will surrender even now to you, just myself, and ask you to change me to be the man, to be the woman, to be the person you created me to be. God, I surrender, I repent, and I go vertical. And Jesus, I ask you, do a miracle starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen.